So I'm really excited to be wrapping up. We're going to be wrapping up a sermon series. Somebody say, oh. I know it's been good, and I hope and pray it's been powerful. I hope and pray you've been learning and growing in it. But we've been on this for four weeks already. And so I'm going to try my best to wrap this thing up and send you out of here fired up and excited and encouraged as we've been talking about a theme, a topic. What's the word? What's the title of our message? Does anybody remember? Anybody know it? Did they put it on the screen? What is it? I can't hear you. I still can't hear you. There we go. Unleashed part four. So we've been talking about the power. Somebody say power. Power. That God gives us each and every single day to release. You and I get to choose what we're going to unleash every day. Guys, I said it every week, right? We can unleash more Jesus or we can unleash more junk, right? We can unleash more life and joy, and love, and hope, and peace, or we can unleash more death. Fill in the blank. Help me out. Depression, anxiety, we can unleash more hate, more discord. Somebody shout at me. More addiction, right? So church, let's unleash all the right things. Let's be in prayer. Let's be in His Word. Let's be still enough to be able to listen and to hear what God's saying, what God's speaking, where God wants to move us. And see, because God, He gives us that power every day to choose what we're going to unleash. In every relationship, we get to choose the words we're going to unleash, the actions we're going to unleash. Every day at work, we get to choose what we're going to unleash. In every conversation, that we have every day. We get to choose what we're going to unleash. And every social media post, come on somebody, you can choose what you want to unleash into the world. Right? We need the church filled with love, filled with hope, filled with joy, unleashing the things of the gospel, the truth and the message of who Christ is. Right? So look at that first point today. It's kind of a quick little wrap-up of all the things We've kind of talked about it, and I want to stop for a moment before we read it here. And if you missed any of the messages, the last three messages are super easy to find. You can get caught up. You can listen to what we talked about on our social media pages or our church app. And I would highly encourage you to get those and to watch them because they're powerful. Because for time's sake, we can't get into all those awesome things we talked about. But we kind of wrapped it up for you here in one little quick point. So it says... Since week one, we've learned the power of praise. We talked about praise and how it creates and even recreates the atmosphere that we live in, right? Last week, we talked about the power of prayer and how it changes that atmosphere, right? And today, I'm excited. We're going to be wrapping this thing up, like I said, and we're going to learn about the power of prophecy. Somebody say prophecy. And how it activates that atmosphere and sets in motion the will of God. Right, we're going to talk about the power of prophecy. And before we get started, I just want to tell you that prophecy is not as far off and mystical as we may think. It, it, it's, not, it's not just fortune telling. Right? Sometimes somebody who walks in the gift and who is anointed in prophecy, they can uh, read your mail, so to speak. Anybody ever had uh, your mail read? <laughs> by maybe uh, Pastor Rod, one of our anointed uh, pastors and prophets that comes and visits us. 
or Dr. Ray, even just a couple weeks back, he came and he, he allowed the Spirit of God to prophesy through him. And so but what I want to do before we dive in is I really want to encourage you that not all of us are called anointed prophets, so to speak. But God, if we're New Testament believers, God calls each and every one of us to pray prophetically. Did you know that? Every day we can pray prophetically. And all prophetic is is agreeing with God, hearing His voice, praying by faith and declaring what He's already said. In week one, remember we talked about this, the Word of God. And our words are important, and we unleash words every day. And how even more important would be if we could unleash God's word. What is prophetic ministry? What is prophetic praying? It's unleashing what God has said. Hey, and what God wants to do. I said last week, prayer shouldn't be something that we just turn on and turn off. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, pray without... Some of y'all paid attention. And so we need to be a people of prayer, I said. And so if we need to be a people of prayer, hear this. God wants us to pray prophetically. I am not an anointed prophet, but as your pastor, I move and operate in prophetic ministry all the time. Who's ever been to one of our encounters? We're about to have one. If you, if you missed it, ain't Ben, you can get signed up here. We're going to do it in September. But if you came to our encounters or if I've ever prayed for you at our encounter or prayed for you on Sunday morning here at the altar, I have probably prayed for you prophetically. Why? Because I believe that God can. I believe that God wants the best for his people. And hey, I believe in unleashing the resources of heaven over those I pray for. And when you prophetically pray for somebody, it does something on the inside. It strengthens, it encourages, it comforts those that you're praying for. And this is the thing we got to remember. Prophetic ministry isn't something that God wants to just happen on Sunday morning in His church building. He wants it to happen in the core family, in your homes. Be prophetically declaring who your kids are. Right? And who God says that they are, right? I shared last week, you know, why we named our sons the names that we gave them. Xander means defender of men. Bodhi means messenger. You better believe me and Pastor Jessica prophetically pray those names as part of their identity in Christ. Xander's a defender of the kingdom of God. He's not just defender of men. He's defender of the ones that he loves. Bodhi's going to be a messenger in Jesus' name for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? That's how you prophetically pray. It's not as mystical and as big and obscure as you think. It's, it's actually very simple. And we all narrowed this down since week one. We got to what? We got to open our mouths. Psalms 81.10, it said, God said, if you open your mouth, I'll fill it. Prophetic prayers can't happen unless we open our mouths. God wants our prayers from our mind to be manifested in here in our mouth so that it can be unleashed into the world. Look at 2 Peter 1, 19 through 21 we're going to read. 
And so it says, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. He's referencing the prophetic message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know the message of who Jesus is, is prophetic message? The Son of God come to live and die for mankind, God's creation. That's a prophetic message because God spoke and God declared. And then God did, right? And so, excuse me, it says, And you will do well to pay attention to it, as it is to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will. I want you to underline that. Prophecy's origins are not in human ways, human thoughts, human ideas, the will of humanity, because it's, the will of humanity is very selfish. Did you know that? It is, but prophets through human, but, excuse me, I done jumbled that all up. I got ahead of myself here. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through humans spoke from God as though they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. As we read that, think of it like this. Prophecy is the same Spirit of God. It's that Spirit that resides in heaven. Prophecy is the Spirit of heaven from the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that captivated Jesus to do all the amazing things that He did in love for us. Is that same Spirit that wants to be unleashed here on earth through you and through me, through your words and through my words, right? Think of it like this even. Prophecy is man speaking on behalf of God. Man, that's powerful. Hey, and that can be dangerous. We're going to talk about that a little bit as we wrap this up today. Because how powerful is that man speaking on behalf of God? That's powerful. When somebody says, hey, the Holy Spirit pressed upon me that this, 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 and this may happen, or God wants you to do this, 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 and this, I always tell everybody, if anybody ever gives you a prophetic word, you better pray about it. Right? Because prophetic ministry is powerful. But what is, what is that prophetic ministry doing? It Real, authentic Prophetic ministry, man, it can only do nothing but launch somebody, give somebody a timely word. But if you get that word and it doesn't jive with your spirit, you pray about it, you put it, I call it a little prophetic shelf. You put it on the prophetic shelf and you wait and see if that was a real word or not. This is what I know about prophecy. Real, authentic prophecy always, somebody say always, is fulfilled. If it was a word from God, you better believe it will be fulfilled, right? Look at that next point. So I've kind of already said this, but so you may not be a prophet, right? You may not be, that may not be your sweet spot. You may say, Pastor Ian, I'm helping kids ministry, or Pastor Ian, I want to be a pastor, or, or Pastor Ian, I want to be a worship leader, or Pastor Ian, I want to help with the media team. That's not my sweet spot. That's my anointing, okay? I get that. I've said I'm not an anointed prophet, Right? But as New Testament believers, you have to understand we're still called and anointed to step into that, to step into prophetic ministry and prophetic praying uh, and, and declaring. Right? Anyone can prophesy. What does it boil down to? Our availability. 
Am I available? Do I want that gift from God? And I'll tell you, there have been times when I've, I've prophesied, I've felt like, you know what, I don't really know if the Lord wants me to say this, uh, but I'll go to the person, I'll say, I feel like the Lord say, and it's like they break down, right? And it's like, that's what I needed. You have no idea. Like, and th- I'm so glad that I did that because that's what that person needed. Right? There's been times when, when I really felt like, okay, I need to share, and it's like the other person's kind of like, eh. So I feel like there's been times I've hit it, and there's been times I've missed it, but if I hear God say it, I can need to be obedient into walking and moving, and that's the desire of my heart. I want the best of God for my life. Hey, and I want the best of God in your lives. How, how messed up is this? If God's given you a word for somebody that you love and care about, and you withhold that word out of fear. The Lord showed me this. Many reasons, the, probably the biggest reason Christians don't move and operate in this gift is out of that, that, that thing of fear that says, if I do that, what if it doesn't come true? Right? What if I, I get it wrong? What if, what if, what if, guys? It's not, our question, it's not our responsibility to, to question the what if. Our, it's our responsibility to be armed with a yes, God. What did Isaiah say? Send me, Lord. I'll go. What's your, what's your prayer this morning? What's your posture from the Lord? And I wonder if, man, people are just, they're on the verge and they just need that encouragement from somebody else. And that person, that avenue, that vessel of hope could be you. The thing is, it's locked in here, right? God wants us to, what do we say? Unleash the hope of gospel, right? So prophecy, like I said, it's, it's not as mystical. It's not fortune-telling. It's, it's exhortation. Who knows what exhortation means? Right? It's the lifting up. It's the building up. It's the encouraging. It's the coming alongside. It's, it's the helping. It's the comfort. It's, it's the love. That's all it is. It, it, it's the encouragement that God wants us to provide for not just his sheep, but the people that we love and care about. God's church, we said, is not just a building, it's his people, right? Look at Acts 2 14 through 18. This is right after the day of Pentecost, right? And so 2,000 people just got born again. Jesus has already died and rose again and been showing himself to the disciples and now. He has anointed Peter and some of the other disciples to go and preach the message of the resurrected king. And the amazing signs, miracles, and wonders are happening. Come on, somebody. Come on, Jesus. Right? But look at this. Look at verse 14. It says, Then Peter stepped forward with all 11 other apostles and then shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk. As some of you are assuming, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's much too early for that. Let me stop there for a moment. The Spirit of God fell on the day of Pentecost, and people that spoke all different types of languages were all speaking the same language, and other people that were on the, on the bystanders watching thought they were drunk because they were all speaking each other's known tongues. That's pretty powerful, right? So Peter's saying, these people aren't drunk, right? This is real. This is the Spirit of God. 
God's in this. God's moving in this. And look what it says in verse 17, or excuse me, verse 16. He says, know what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will what? Prophesy. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And my sons and daughters will prophesy. If you're a son and daughter of the Most High, are you routinely prophesying in the name of the Lord for your well-being, for your spouse's well-being, for your kids' well-being? Hey, for this church's well-being, if you got nothing to pray for, man, I said last week, pray for this church, please. Pastor Keith and Kelly, pray for them. Pray for Pastor Jessica, myself, our leadership team. Are you routinely, prophetically declaring that we are a church of life? We speak life. We speak truth. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. Right? Do you pray that there's hope because God hears, God sees? That's all prophetic ministry is. Agreeing with God's word and praying that over that said thing, a specific thing. This is what I know. As we just read this, true prophecy, I think I already said this, is fulfilled. Joel prayed that hundreds of years before the day of Pentecost. He prayed it. He wrote it. He probably prayed it and wrote it again and again and again. But guess what? It came to pass. All it takes is for somebody to first, somebody say first, put that in the chat if you're watching, all it takes is somebody first, first, spell it out first, speak out. Joel wasn't made famous because he was famous, Joel was made famous because he spoke in faith. Joel became a known prophet because he's spoken faith. He first, on the front end, spoken faith. And authentic prophecy is fulfilled. And that's what happened on that day. Look at that. So look at that next point. I think you all would agree that prophecy is powerful, just as powerful as our words and prayer and praise, as we talked about the last couple weeks. But like I said, going back to Psalms 81.10, we have to remember to open our mouths. Prophecy is dead unless it's spoken. It can't live. It can't be unleashed. God's word can't be fulfilled unless it's spoken, right? So we have to open our mouths. The word prophecy, this is the cool thing. If you study it out at its most basic definition, it means to speak by divine inspiration. It's God speaking for man. And you better believe there's power in that, right? To speak by divine inspiration. The invitation of God, spoken through men and women like you and me. Hopefully, spoken in truth, spoken in love, spoken in encouragement, right? To release prophecy, though, it, like I said, it, it must be spoken. Think of it like this. How cool is this? Unleashing prophecy is what unlocks the, the promise. Unleashing prophecy is what unlocks the 
the vision and the will of God. It's what stirs the heart of God. It's what, what manifests the will and the plan of God over us, over others. It unleashes and it unlocks those heavenly things that we need, that we're praying for, that we're hoping for. Right? What I know is, for us to be able to step into that fully, we have to have that full divine inspiration to speak with divine inspiration. We got to be in real relationship. How do I get into real relationship, right? That starts on my daily walk, right? If you're not daily walking with Jesus, you better not prophetically be going to pray for other people. That's why I say prophetic ministry is powerful, but it can be dangerous. And you know what? I think, I think if you're a mature person, a spirit, specifically a spiritually mature person, you would never even think of doing that, right? Because you even understand what that could do to somebody. Right? So, but let me boil that back down. Who wants to walk in power? Who needs power in your life? Just a couple of you? Man, give, pray, give me some power. Right? Who wants to walk in love? Who wants to be respected? Who wants to be loved back? Right? So if we want to speak, live, walk in all those things, speak with divine inspiration, we have to be daily walking with God through His Son Jesus via means the Holy Spirit. And if we do that, you'll hear God, you'll see God. And when he speaks to you and when you see, you'll probably share. And that's all God asks us to do. And that's all prophetic ministry is. It's really hearing where God is, hearing what God's saying in the now, hearing what God's saying maybe in the future, seeing what God is doing, seeing where God wants to take us, take you, take your family, take your ministry. And by faith, Declaring it. Does that sound mystical to you guys? Pretty practical, right? But it's just as powerful. Just as powerful. And God's desire, really, I, I believe, is for the church to rise up to this occasion. Don't just depend on your pastor to pray for you prophetically on Sunday morning. Don't just depend on, on, on um, Rob and Tracy to prophetically pray over us during worship on Sunday morning, right? Have the faith to, to listen to God and to step into these things. Right for your spiritual well-being. Right, look at that next point. I kind of just said this. So prophecy is saying what God is saying. It reaffirms. It confirms. Right? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I not doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is my family doing going the direction we're supposed to be going? Is my family not going in the direction we're supposed to be going? So that all. It, what does that all come from? That comes from my relationship with God on a daily basis. Right. Prophecy is saying what God is saying to us now. So since you can hear his voice, you can prophesy. If you can hear God's voice, you can prophesy. And if you're here today and you say, well, you know what, I can't hear God's voice. What are you doing to cultivate his voice? When you sit and listen to him, is everything turned off? And everything, I mean this thing. Is the TV off? Is the radio off? Are you in a still quiet place? Or are you just bombarded with all sorts of stuff? You got you to get still. But if you can hear his voice, 
then you can declare what he's saying. And if we're hearing his voice, we need to be declaring what he's saying. Right? If we can hear it, we need to be saying it. We need to be opening up our mouths, allowing him to fill it. Let me read you a few quick little scriptures about hearing the voice of God. Look at John 10, 27. It says, my sheep, what? Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. So if we're children of God, and we can't hear the voice of God, something is spiritually wrong. Something is spiritually off. That doesn't mean it's not out of the redemption of Jesus Christ. He still loves you. He can redeem it. And he wants to be a part of your life. But what have I done to where I can't hear the voice of God, right? Is anybody tracking with me? Right? There have been seasons in my life where I feel like I can't hear the voice of God clearly. I love when I can hear his voice clearly. But usually when I, when I get into that place where I feel like, you know, it's, it's muffled or I don't have a, clear, I'm not, have a clear vision like I normally do, it's usually because I've, I've loaded myself down. I, I'm spread out thin. I'm doing too many things, right? And the Lord always says, just dial it back, right? Maybe take some things off the, the plate of life, so to speak, and his voice becomes louder. What happened? I, I didn't keep God number one. And if you keep God number one, you'll be able to hear his voice. Look at Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. To hear God's voice, I need to get still and, and be available and listen but to hear God's voice, do you know all you got to do is read this and you'll be able to hear his voice? Hearing comes by the word of God. Imagine that. Faith comes by hearing. Look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore, I... What does it say? I spoke. So if faith comes by hearing... He says, I, I have the spirit of faith according to what is written by his word, and then I believe, so then I speak. Something has to happen, and so because I believe, I speak. And he says, we also believe and therefore speak. If we believe by faith, we must speak. There's a prophetic utterance that God wants his people to speak, to live in, to unleash into our world, to encourage, exhort, build up, lift up those around us. Look at that next point. So prophecy is seeing, or excuse me, saying what you're seeing. So prophecy is saying what we're hearing, and it's also saying what you're seeing in spiritual avenues, spiritual things of life, right? God will show us what he wants us to do. This is the thing. We hear in part. This is the cool thing about God. So we hear in part what God is saying, what God wants to do, and then also I see in part what God is wanting to do, what God is doing, and where God is taking us. The cool thing is, see, God doesn't want to speak to us in one way, right? When you speak to others, right, you can speak to them, you hear them, you can see them. I like to be able to see and hear anybody else. And so God marries those two things. He joins those two things. We see in part, and we hear in part the vision and the will of God. How cool is that? And prophecy joins those two Together, I, in my life, God speaks to me audibly, and he, he shows me. There have, before I became a pastor, when I got born again, when I got saved, I just sensed this thing on the inside of me that God was 
want to do big things through me, that God was going to use me. It was really kind of scary. And he always kind of just affirmed that in my prayer time as I was reading my word. I, I always just heard him say, I'm going to use you. If, you. if you stay available, I'm going to use you. Amazing things are going to happen. It's not going to be because of you. It's going to be because of me. So like I said, it was kind of scary. But throughout my journey of this 12 years of living for Jesus, the ups and downs of living for Jesus, every... Every so often, in every little season, God would send Christians, not prophets, believers, people who loved and cared about Ian, to say and speak something that they saw God say about me and something that they heard God say about me to share with me that always encouraged and confirmed and affirmed that plan and will for God for my life. Right? I heard in part, and then I would see in part And God used other people to help keep me on the same path. In my personal life, as I'm praying for my family, as I'm praying for this church, I'll hear in part and I'll see in part. Decisions I make, I I don't make lightly. I, I pray about it. I hear direction and then I'll begin to see direction. See, why does God want us to be able to hear and see? Think of it like this. A lot of times, we hear God say over and over and over and over. Somebody say over and over and over again, don't do that. He said, quit smoking, right? He says it over and over and over again, and and you know he said it, and you keep doing it. He said, quit drinking, right? He says it over and over and over again, and what happens? We keep doing the same old thing that's killing, stealing, and destroying, John 10, 10 says, from us. And so sometimes, this is why God is so good, why he wants to show us. Sometimes the only way for God to save you is to show you what will happen to you if you keep doing that thing. Because we'll continue to ignore and ignore and ignore that voice. But it's not until you get that vision of God when you go to the doctor's office and he says, hey, this scan don't look good. Uh, If you don't quit doing this thing, it's going to kill you. Now what happened? You heard God and you seen what God is showing you. Right? We hear in part and we see in part. I remember when I was in Teen Challenge, and every night we had an hour and a half of prayer by ourselves, and we had a cool little prayer garden at the center that I lived in. It was a men's home, and uh, I was praying so hard. I mean, I could feel the glory of God. Has anybody ever been so deep in prayer? Do you know how you've uh, met with God in prayer? Uh, you don't want to leave. <laughs> See, most of us enter into prayer time looking at our watch. Uh, when am I done? When can I go? I got things I got to do. When, when you meet with God, you won't want to leave. So I was in this place. I was just... Y'all, and at this moment of my life, I don't have a job. I don't have a car. I don't have a license. I don't have $20. I don't even have a bank account. I have burned every bridge. The only person really... Caring for me, praying for me, loving me is probably my mom from afar, and she said I couldn't stay with her no more because I was stealing from her, I was addicted to drugs and alcohol, and I was about dead. This is why I'm in Teen Challenge. But I am just in prayer, saturated in the glory of God, 
And I am crying out, and I am just, Lord, if, if you could fix my life. And I heard in part, I heard, I'm going to fix your life. But it's going to take a while. But I was so saturated, I didn't care. I heard in part. Guys, the next coolest thing is he showed me in part. I seen my, my life from third person. And all I saw was myself driving a car. And in that moment, that was a big deal because I never thought I was going to have my driver's license back because I had like three DUIs. Yeah, your pastor's got three DUIs. And hallelujah, now I drive a company truck for a pest control business. And in 12 years, I never had a ticket. Come on, Jesus. That's favor. So in the moment, me just driving a car would be enough for me to jump and shout and down, up and down about. But I seen I had a wife. I couldn't see her face, but I knew I had a wife. I always wanted a family and somebody that I was codependent, man. And all the women I ever got relationships in would just, just use me. I felt like, you know, that, that saying, nice guys finish last, that's a lie from, from, the, from the pit of hell. But I felt like I'm a nice guy, and they just kept using me and using me. So, so I had a wife, and then it showed me I, there was a, a baby in the back seat. And it was a bright, sunny day. We were just cruising down the highway. And I was just crying out. I'm like, Lord, if that's my life, you got my life. <laughs> Fast forward, like, probably eight years later. One day, me and Jessica are just driving down the road. Little baby Xander in the back seat. And I'm just driving in the Holy Spirit. Man, anybody ever had, what do they call it, deja vu? It ain't deja vu. That's the seeing and hearing in part. I just looked over to Jessica, and I think I started crying. I said, babe, I've been here. I've seen this. The Lord confirmed what he said. The Lord confirmed what he showed me. That is prophetic ministry. Who wants that? Right now the hands go up. What happened? I had to be available. I had to spend that intimate time with God. And if I would do that, he'd show me. He wants to do that every single day. He wants to show you some things before you get to work. <laughs> so that you can walk in joy and peace. He wants to help you. And you better believe when that happened, what was I doing? I was praising God. Because I know that that experience was real. And God fulfills his word. He perfects it to make it come to pass. Right? Sorry, I went, went on a little rabbit trail. I hope it was good. Was that okay? Amen. Look at John 16, 13 through 15. Right? It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And what I tell you, the things to come. Things to come. He will glorify me and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Spirit of God giving us, speaking to us, showing us, declaring that what God has, all the good things, he wants to give them to us. The license I needed 
the job I needed, the car I needed, the brand new state that I needed to live in. <laughs> Come on, somebody. To live and stay in the will of God, God had to take me out of my Egypt, out of Michigan, and transplant me to Alabama. And I'm thankful. All the things that I needed, the things I didn't even know I needed, God provided by the Spirit of God. Look at the next point. So prophecy, prophecy strengthens, encourages, and comforts. Prophecy is always redemptive and never, somebody say never, it's never destructive. Apart from, like I said, somebody who is prophesying outside of God's will for personal gain, that is, that's a dangerous place. Real authentic pr- prophetic ministry always strengthens, encourages, comforts, lifts up, builds up, right? Has anybody ever got a prophetic word before? What did it do, right? It did all those things. It strengthened, it encouraged, it lifted you up. Some of y'all got a prophetic word last time Pastor Rod came. And every time he comes, people leave out of here crying and snotting and rejoicing because that's a prophetic word. It, it encourages, it builds up. It's, it's a timely word, right? Look at 1 Corinthians 4.13, 14.3, about to wrap up here. It says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. I want you to underline but one. It says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. It says, but one who? But one who? Who can be one? Who can be one? Let's make one into like 20. We got 20 people in here, right? If you can be one, if you can be one, God can use you. Anyone can strengthen. If you, inst- if you strengthen, encourage, comfort, love on somebody, you're walking in prophetic ministry. If you use your words to strengthen, encourage, and love based on the truth of God, you're walking in prophetic ministry. It's that simple. You're declaring the good things of God over somebody else to strengthen, help, encourage someone else. Look at the last point. Last thing I want to leave us with as we wrap this up is something maybe never thought of. The message of Jesus is prophetic. Prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Get this, it bears witness with the work, will, and word. I love that. The will, the work, the three W's, the WW dot, right? The, 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 the work, the will, and the word of God. It bears witness. And when we testify of what he's done, we prophesy what he will do. The testimony of Jesus brings salvation and transformation into a lost, broken world. Your testimony is prophetic. Anybody ever shared their testimony at Celebrate Recovery or here at church or maybe another church? You better believe your testimony is prophetic. It's powerful. Guys, what's going to happen when I share what I shared with you guys today about when I was praying in the garden with my sons. I can't wait to share that with my kids one day when they can understand. What's going to happen when I share that? That's prophetic. Boys, Xander, Bodie, and if we got maybe two or three more by then, I don't know how many we're going to have. Jessica would tell you ten. I'm going to say your dad should not be here. Your dad almost died. But your dad is here and you're here because of Jesus. That's prophetic. 
And then one day, that's my hope and prayer that they'll tell their kids, boys, if your grandpa, none of us, will be here because of Jesus. Your testimony is not just powerful, it's prophetic. What is God doing in your life right now? I hope something awesome and amazing. What is God going to do? I hope something awesome, something amazing. I hope God's just getting started with you, right? Because your testimony, has it unleashes, it, it has an eternal ripple effect. Your testimony has a ripple effect in the now. You, did the life of Jesus have a ripple effect? Buddy, an eternal ripple effect. Where our identity is found in his life. And if we would live and reside in that, that, that ripple effect will, will reach generations, generations into eternity. Look at Acts 1.8. So Jesus, he's speaking to the disciples after he just resurrected. And he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea. In Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, you'll be my witness. What's your testimony? You're witnessing for the truth of God based on who Jesus is and what he's doing in your life. So today, are you just a believer in Jesus? You say, Pastor Ian, I believe. I believe in Jesus. Or are you a believer and a witness. You don't just believe. You tell anybody who will listen to you what you believe in. Right? Because that is how we unleash not just the truth of God, but prophecy that says, my God's so good He's doing this now. He did this back then. Man, and I can't wait for what he's going to do in the future. When we're a witness for Christ, we prophetically declare that we're children of God. We declare that we're born again. That this isn't our permanent home, but a temporary place. And my permanent home is awaiting me. We declare that we're children of the Most High. So when we declare that, the enemy has to flee. The enemy has to run. And so children of God today, will you arise with me and be a witness for Jesus Christ and unleash Lord Jesus and know, somebody say no, N-O, junk. Let's unleash more Jesus, church. Y'all pray with me. So Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for today and this congregation that was here and heard your truth and heard your word today. I pray that we would move beyond being believers from just believing in our hearts and in our minds that you're good and that you're God and that you would move us by your spirit into new places where you begin to fill our mouths with the truth of God and to be witnesses for Jesus Christ 
in the world. On social media, at Walmart, at SNS, at the gas station, at our workplaces, in our cars, on the bus, at school. Let's talk about Jesus more than just in the church on Sunday. Let us talk about Jesus everywhere, to the ends of the earth, to Samaria and Judea, to the ends of the earth in Jesus' name. Let us see that each and every person can move in prophetic ministry. And it's not some big mystical thing. It is spiritual and it is powerful, but God, it's actually real practical. I just need to believe and open my mouth and declare. Amen. Amen. If you're here today in our sanctuary or watching us online and you're born again, you're in a relationship with God. He's your Lord and Savior. I want you right now to pray for the lost. Please, right now, if you're in a relationship with God, pray for the lost. Thank you. But if you're here in the sanctuary or watching us online and you say, you know what, I'm not in a relationship with God. You know what, I'm kind of in a messed up place. I, I don't know where I would go if I died today or where I would be. Man, I want to change that. I hope something I said today maybe stirred you. It wasn't something I said. It's what the Holy Spirit said through me. For you to see that God loves you, but you and Him are maybe not in the greatest of terms. So I want to change that. If you say, Pastor Ian, I want to dedicate my life to Jesus today. I want, I want my life to change. I, I need God to show up big in my life. There's some things I'm going through, and I, I need Him to show up in my life. If you want to make that decision, the time's come. I want you to do something for me. Before I ask you to do it, I want you to know no one's looking at you. We're all praying for you right now. But if you want to accept Christ right now, I want you just to stand up in this place. Don't be shy. Amen. We have some people standing. Thank you so much for being honest, open and transparent with the Lord. I want you just to listen to my voice. I want you to know God loves you. God sees you. He's in the midst of your life and your tests and trials. If you're making that decision online, I want you to put something in the chat to let us know that you're saying that prayer. Amen. But what I want to do is, I want to lead us on a prayer. I want us to repeat loud and proud today. Amen. It's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We accept your Son. We believe that he is Lord and Messiah of my life. I confess that he is Lord of my life. Forgive me my past. Forgive me my sins. Redeem my future and send your Holy Spirit.